I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Mark Immelman. Mark, good to see you. It's good to be seen, Rick. Uh, yeah, it was a nice afternoon. Ah, oh, man, I love this tournament. The Travelers is a great event, and it's a fun golf course. And this weather is like Chamber of Commerce right now. So uh, I'm a happy camper up here in the Northeast. Yeah, we... Um we probably didn't talk about it as much this year because it was only like a hundred miles from Boston, but this place is old. They're always able to get a decent field and it's always considered one of the best run tournaments. It, it, it generally elicits a lot of positive responses. It certainly does. And travelers and Andy Bassett, I mean, they're just wonderful sponsors and the, the way they activate, activate the event for the community and the fans and obviously the players and the families is, is just tremendous. And, it's a thrill for us to come up here because they look after us as a broadcast crew. And then, of course, you got this golf course, which is sort of sneaky fun. You know, it's, you know, it's going to give up birdies. But this year, it's in wonderful shape. It's as green as I've ever seen it. Um, and the rough is just dangerous enough. And then, of course, these greens are they're like billiard tables right now. They're rolling so pure. And, and they stood up pretty well to, you know, full fields the last couple of days because I didn't see very many balls bouncing or anything even late uh, in the afternoon. Yeah, well, it was Xander Shoffley who entered the day, Mark, five shots clear of the rest of the chase pack, a pair of 63s to open up his week, and he finally made a bogey. It came on his 13th hole on Saturday where he found that uh, lake on the right-hand side had to take a drop probably just 100 yards out, but when the dust settled, it was a bogey on 13. It was a 67. That's three under par, and he will still take a lead into the final round. He will, uh, and i got to tell you, that 13th hole where he made the bogey, the par five, there's only two of them on the golf course, obviously, the par 70, and it is just a, an intimidating tee shot. You've got to water down the right. You've got the, uh, tra- the train tracks and out-of-bounds down the left-hand side, and then, of course, bunkers, and and with the storm that rumbled through here sometime last year, there used to be a stand of trees down the left that hid the railroad tracks from you. And now when you stand up there on this elevated tee, you look down and it's just sensory overload. There's out-of-bounds and there's bunkers and there's water and the fairway looks just like a, sl- a sliver of ribbon down there. And and it's easy if you're not completely committed to uh, to, to find you know some sort of issue. We saw Spieth do that in the first round. So, you know, it was – I wouldn't say – expected 
But if you just hit one poor shot on that hole, all of a sudden a hole that you should make birdie on turns into one that can trip you up real fast. But he finished his round pretty soundly and, and still is swinging beautifully. I mean, that approach shot he hit into 17, that, that was just of the highest order. And, and it shows sort of where he is mentally and certainly uh, where the golf swing is right now. Birdies on 16 and 17. Mark, you know, five-shot lead going down to one sounds worse than it really is. We knew there was going to be leaderboard gravity. Happens every week on the PGA Tour. He wasn't going to run away and win this by 10 shots. And he would have signed up for this position, obviously, on Thursday morning. Of course. Uh, and, you know, I hate to sort of say this, but if you had said to him, hey, Xander, you got the five-stroke lead, <laughs> Would you be happy with a two-stroke lead at the end of the day? He'd probably look at you and go, mm, yes. <laughs> uh, because, you know, any lead is good, whether it's five or one. Now, the thing about those big leads is they can play on your psyche a little bit. But now it's in a place where he's up one, he's in that final group again. Now it's time to play. You don't have that wiggle room. So I think in a funny sort of a way, it'll help just to – you know, get a bit more singular in everything he's talked about after each round, where it's like me and Austin, we're just working on the focus and the process and we're trying to hit the right shot. So now it's in a place now where certainly the lead was clipped and f the leaderboard sort of jammed up underneath him, but he's still got the edge and, and now he has to go out and play. Xander Shoffley, for my money, has one of the most unique resumes out there officially, officially, Five PGA Tour victories. That includes the Zurich Classic with Patrick Cantlay. It does not include his Olympics win. It does not include the year that he had the best score at the Tour Championship, but we used starting strokes that week. This would be his first full field cut individual win <laughs> since his first mark since Greenbrier five years ago. Yeah, well, you've got to win the correct events, I guess. Huh? <laughs> yeah, he's won the Tour Championship with uh, with that graduated start, and he won the Olympics, obviously, with a shorter field. But th this one, I think, will be meaningful because uh, a lot of folks were sort of low on Xander, if you will. Now, look, there's a lot of golf out in front, and I feel like uh, knocking off Patrick Cantlay is going to be tough work because he just looks so mentally attuned right now. But um, Xander's looking to me like he's playing with a little bit of a chip on the shoulder, which if I had to critique him, I would say it was always something that looked like it was lacking. You know, if you watch a Spieth, for argument's sakes, or a, uh, even a Patrick Reed, these guys look like they're trying to beat you. Now, Xander's got that Fred Couples way about him where he's just so easygoing and he's likable and never shows much emotion. You never get that sense that he's like, I'm going to try and bury you right now, field. And so this is a chance for him to sort of prove the detractors wrong. And, and I think deep down maybe there's some bulletin board material for him because each week, you know, it's like, where's Xander? And Xander's back door to top 10 again, and it's the something you can rely on. So it's all this chatter that's coming from places like ours. So I think he's got a chance now to really prove a point. And he came in here playing well after the U.S. Open, naturally. So uh, – you know, he has, he has a chance for him to, 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 to rectify all of that chatter. Well, the man that he won the Zurich Classic with is the man that he will look eye-to-eye -eye with in the final pairing on Sunday. That's Patrick Cantlay, who shot Mark the round of the day, a 7-under 63. It was bogey-free and highlighted by his approach into 17. You noted how sublime Xander shot into 17 was. Patrick Cantlay moments later said, 
anything you could do, I can do better. Stuffed one even closer. Well, I'm going to golf geek out on you a little bit right now. And at this stage, I was on Kisner's group, and Kisner and them had wound up on uh, 18 because that final twosome, they were well behind, okay, space of play-wise. And I remember the numbers off the top of my head because I remember Daddy talking, and Xander had something in the order of about 170 yards in there. And I remember the conversation, they were between eight and nine. And look, short is bad, but for these guys, long is bad. They're not going to miss the ball in the water from the fairway. Um, and he picks nine iron and basically flushes the thing and hits it the perfect distance. Then from 140-something, Patrick Cantlay just stings the same club, a nine iron in there, and hits it even closer. And when I saw that, I'm like, well, both of them are on top of their game physically, but Cantlay to go and gear down under pressure and feather one in there a little bit, that was just top quality. And I was like, this is promising to be fun tomorrow. But it was a thrill to see the balls come in that close. But for them to hit the same clubs from like almost a 25-yard difference was all sorts of exciting. And, and it just shows how good these guys are and things that sometimes the casual golf viewer sort of misses because there was some good stuff there on 17. A win for Cantlay would be his eighth on the PGA Tour. And it would be his, let me add these up, sixth in the last se- mm. this season and last season, Mark. Yeah, 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 and you know what's going to happen? I'm going to critique us again. All of the podcasts and all of the Twitter sphere and uh, and that sort of thing are going to say, "Oh, now he's the best player in the world, or he's playing the best." Where just a few weeks ago that was Sam Burns, and a few weeks before that it was Davis Riley, and you know it's sort of we're all reacting to the situation. But but Cantlay is he's a stayer, and even in his slump over the last little while, and I use that term loosely, it's sort of lazy of me, really. He was sort of hanging around and just tightening up things. But once he gets into contention, this boy can stay and he can finish because he's just so mentally acute. And so I would say right now, look, Xander does have the um, advantage by one stroke, but he's going to have to stay in front of Cantlay, who's not going to go away as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that chase pack as well, but I think the best way to do it is to look at the odds while we do. So we're going to do that, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash Sports. 
So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. And we're back. Okay, Mark, our friends over at Caesars have uh, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, kind of a two-horse race here, plus 110 for Xander, plus 130 for Cantlay, both of them uh, by far the two favorites. Then you get to Sahith Tagala, 11 to 1, Kevin Kisner, who you followed along today, 20 to 1, and then everybody else longer than that. So Caesars is turning this into uh, a two-man, uh, here's, here's the buzzword, match play situation. <laughs> well, it's not match play because they're not uh, counting holes. They count strokes. So, yeah, I would say it's a head-to-head sort of a race, and, and those two have the advantage. But I want to say this. I thought of the three days, today's hole locations were the toughest. And it bore itself out early in the day because the scores, I think the low score for a long while was like four under 66. And then uh, Tony Finau got in at 65, which was five deep. And then it was only to Cantlay where someone really got busy. And so that was kind of on the difficult day. So tomorrow it'll be set up to folks to have a go a little bit. And the golf course is firming up. But it's still, it's it's not the U.S. Open by any stretch of the imagination. And the rough, albeit four inches and somewhat punitive, these guys can play from there. So I feel like still there's a low score on hand. And we've seen it yeah, in the past. We've seen Furyk shoot 58 in the final round. So it's going to be out there to be had tomorrow. And maybe someone gets out there and posts something and sort of puts a number on the board where the leaders start thinking. And all of a sudden, this perceived two-horse race that they're in is now not. So I think that's the one thing to look out for. But still of those two, with that number you shared, I would take Cantley right now. Is there a, a a stretch of holes on this golf course that we should keep an eye out on Sunday if if this thing tightens early or maybe the back nine? I know there's some risk-reward shots there. What's, what's the stretch that kind of makes or breaks this event? Well, I would say a lot of this, obviously it's going to be one at the end, but a lot of it will be defined by what happens at the start. Mm-hmm. And if someone gets through holes um, three, four, and five, and they're a few under, let's say, let's say they're like three under through six, then they've really got it set up for a low day because then you've got someone out there in front through 12 or 13 that they might be five or six under. We saw Rory do that, and we've seen a few guys be really low through 12 holes. Then it's on um, because then all of a sudden the leaders have to go through that tough stretch. So I would watch for three, four, and five. They're about the hardest stretch of holes in the golf course. And then coming down that stretch there, um, 13 is going to be pivotal, pivotal. 15 will be pivotal because you can see anything there from two to six. And then, of course, 17 with that new tee, it is intimidating from up there. Yeah. The old tee used to sort of play away from the hazard a little bit. And all it was for these players was like a driving range four iron that they'd hit towards the through bunker. But now with this tee up elevated 15 yards, moved to the left, you're looking straight down the fairway with a waterline on the right. So some of the teeth have been put back into that hole. So I would say watch for three, four, five, and then, you know, 13, 15, 17. You know, that little stretch, I think, is going to have a big say-so in what happens. All right. Well, I love it. And whatever does happen, we'll be back as the first cut to break it all down on Sunday evening when the final putt drops. But... Mark, thank you very much. Always a fun time to chat with you. Uh, Mark is available on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. 